0: Log Talk Radio. When I would do good,
1: evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. I'm ready for the fight of my life. Start the record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
0: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, I hope you're ready for the fight of your life. <laughs> we'll <be on> <laughs> you I am. It's going to be a knockout. And we got the champ on the line, Brian. We got our champ, the interview, uh, the person that we're going to interview, do you want to be made whole Do you yes, want sir. to be made, Do you really want to be made whole Brian I like that Because you know what When you're trying to be made whole And you want to be made whole You got to go through something
0: Absolutely And and you know it's The thing about that is You're not just going to go through You know A round one or a round two You know if you When you want to be made Into something that That God sees fit To call his own You know you got to go through a battle, you know.
1: Yes, sir. We're gonna
0: we're gonna learn tonight just a little bit about how you can be made whole by our guests. You know, we we got a great show set up for tonight, and you know, like I started this new year, I want to talk a little bit with you about doing something different, you know, and that's gonna be my theme for this month. You know, uh, Greg and I both know, and we talk about this all the time, how you know the definition of insanity means that you keep doing the same thing over and over, looking for a different result. You know if you can imagine, if you were trying to, let's say, ride a bike, and each time you got on the bike, you know, you didn't pedal. You just stood there and waited for the bike to move. You know, you wouldn't get it to move. Until you put your foot to the pedal, you know, on that bicycle, it's not going to move. And that's the same thing with your life. You gotta put your foot to the pedal of life and begin to pedal and move forward. You know, and that's what our guest is going to talk a little bit about tonight. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him. Tonight is our very special guest, best selling author, Bernard Bolton. And he's been a reader since the age of five when his cousin Yvette placed a book in his hand and introduced him to the wonderful world of books. Throughout his life he's read fiction and nonfiction books that have gripped his imagination and made him believe and greater things. Bernard's reading sparked a desire in him to one day produce his own story. As he got older, the spark became a vision, and the vision is about to be manifested through his first novel. He released the novel, Do You Want to Be Made Whole, in December of 2009, and he's also a writer in the anthology Home Again with Wanda Campbell and Friends, which was released in November of 2010. And he is waiting on you to listen in tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bernard Bolton.
2: Thank you, Brian. I that, that, uh, appreciate the introduction, and I want to uh, uh, thank uh, you and Greg for having me on, and, and I'm just excited to be here tonight. This, uh, this is my first interview of the year, and and because it's the week of uh, Martin Luther King's celebration, that makes it that more uh, meaningful to me. Yes sir. And I think Mr. Bolden we we were we've been working on this interview what uh, maybe
1: 2 3 months now.
2: Right because I was supposed to be on I I think uh back in October or November and I had a uh had a meeting at the church that that conflicted with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Kingdom
1: business to attend to. That's all right. But you know That's what? It. We we we're excited about having you on the show. And uh Brian and I we love we love having the ladies on the show but it's really, really special when we have uh the male on the show because uh it's kinda hard to catch three men talking about the things that we're gonna talk about and how God is using you and, and how you're living your dreams and, and, and doing something. Um uh, my first question is what inspired you to write your book?
2: To write your period. Uh, yeah well the, the inspiration to write is you know goes back to uh to to my imagination as a child i i, I love reading and i love watching movies and i just uh, uh probably after after i read roots my mother she uh she purchased uh roots for me i think roots came out in nineteen seventy seven and my mother got it for me that Christmas, and I, I and I read it for three straight days. And so that 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 probably was the was the first first time where I really was like I want to write, I want to write. Uh, um, then then a little later on when I was uh in my twenties, I actually I wrote wrote my first novel, uh, 1992, the year my son was born, and the next year. The next year, I I, uh, I contacted or contracted an a, a agent. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to give me a book deal. Uh, and then I got sort of in full-time ministry as a pastor, and I, I put writing, you know, uh, writing got lost. Uh, in 2003, toward, toward the end of the year 2004, uh, my mother died in 2003, and so I started thinking about uh was I living all of all of what God what I believe God had called me to do. And the area of writing, I wasn't doing anything. And so I just sat down at work one day and started writing a story about three men and a pastor. And it took me a number of years, but do you want to be made whole was uh, is the is the uh the final product from that.
0: Wow. Amazing. You know, and and I say that because I thought about what Greg said earlier. A lot of times you have to go through something. You know, when you think about uh what he what he said, he says that he he had a sort of a crossroads moment when his mother died and he right. and he pondered with himself, am I doing everything I need to do? Have I done everything I need to do? You know, and, and I think we all have that moment. We all go through that. You know, am I doing what, you know, have I done everything I'm supposed to do? You know, what have I missed? What have I, you know, forgotten about? You know, and I know uh, my me, myself, I've gone through that. And Greg has gone through that where, you know, you've lost a, lo- a loved one. You know, and uh, I also have gone through that situation where, you know, I wondered, you know, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I living the life I'm supposed to be living, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great that, you know, that, well, first of all, that you're very transparent in saying this is what I did and this is what I went through, you know, but I also think it's really good that you're talking about it, you know, because many people will, will miss out on, doing stuff because nobody had really encouraged them or they think that they're the only one. So they're quiet about it. You know, they think they're the only one that didn't go, that went through that, that didn't get that opportunity or squandered that one chance that they thought they had, you know, and they never, they'd never decide that I can go back, you know, I can get a do over. Right. You know, I remember the old pastors used to say, God allows do overs. Okay. You know, and so, and so you wrote this book, and, well, well, first of all, I want to go back to the, to the uh, when you say you hired somebody to help you get the book put out there, you know. Let's talk about that just, just briefly. I'll, you don't have to say who they are. You know, let's just talk about that because, you know, I went through an experience like that myself when uh, when I was younger. I was in the music industry, and we signed on with this uh management company who was also trying to start a record label and it turned out to be basically a seven-year mistake where we signed this deal that we thought we were going to be millionaires with and we ended up getting burned you know so talk a little bit about that situation with the pub, with the guy with the uh with the agent yes sir
2: yeah uh uh actually i'm 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 trying to remember because that was Oh man, that's that's you know that's like 18 years now, but mm-hmm. uh, I think I think I, I I won him in a contest. I had a, a 1993. I, I started pastoring, and I was living in in Elyria, Ohio, which is 25 miles uh, east of Cleveland, which is my hometown. And I was called to a church in Beckley, West Virginia, uh, somewhere in between of the move from Ohio to West Virginia, uh, I got connected with this guy. He, either through a contest or I, I and I, I believe, uh, if my memory serves me correct, I think it was through a contest. I had a year year contract uh with him. And hmm. so uh he 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 took my manuscript. Uh and the funny thing about it I don't I don't remember now. I remember the manuscript was kinda autobiographical. It was about a kid who, uh, was in high school, uh, who, who, he was a Christian and he got involved with a girl who was not a Christian. And, and because of that decision, he, he, he failed the 10th grade and, uh, he just got caught up in a lot of things that was not a part of his upbringing. Now, the, the, the title of the book, I don't even remember. But anyway, he was sure that he could, this agent was sure that he could get a deal. He was based in Atlanta. I forget his, I don't remember his name, but I think he went out of business soon after uh, our contract ended. And so he was, he was, you know, periodically he would write me a letter. Uh, I think I might've talked to him on the phone once or twice. And he was always making these promises. I've been meeting with this publisher. They took a look at your manuscript. They love it. We're this close to uh, making a deal and, and he was always this close but it never happened. So after after our year contract was up, uh I never heard from him again. And I, I I was I was angry and I remember calling somebody, there was a there was a magazine that I used to subscribe to uh called the Writers Digest and I, I called their office in Cincinnati and I asked them could they Helped me because I wanted to report him because I thought he was a fraud and all of that. And basically, they said that he lived up to his he, he lived up to the contract that we had. He did contact publishers. Uh, he did, you know, try to make uh, he did try to sell the book. He just wasn't able to do it. So uh, that kind of broke my heart. And I think that, you know I, I think that's why I kind of walked away from uh, from writing. For a while, um, a year later, I was getting ready to move to Virginia to another church, and so I just just kind of lost myself in pastoring and my family. But every, every now and then, the, the writing urge or the bug would, would leap up, and I would you know I would want to pursue it again.
1: Hmm. You know what? You went through so much, and I think what nowadays when people see you. Uh, on Facebook, or they go to your website and they they read about you and they read your book, they're seeing the finished product. They're seeing the glamorous part of of, of being a a writer. They're seeing the product that went through everything, but they don't see that part that that you went through. They don't know anything about the the heartaches and all of this kind of stuff and and how disciplined and how uh, you had to stick with it to make this thing happen You had to burst this thing And right. you know a lot of times when God gives us things A lot of people think oh it's going to be easy Oh no not when you're doing kingdom work That's right When you're doing and you're writing And you're, you're into your your calling And you're, you're walking down that journey That God has trusted you with And he gave you this assignment And then you have people come in And can't do certain things Do you think that the people couldn't do the certain thing Because God wanted you to totally depend on him. Do you think that's what it was?
2: Uh, well, I, I think that that may be part of it, uh, brother Greg. But I, I just think that you know we we mature through the journey. We we, we mature sure. through the journey, and a lot of times the the roadblocks and the pitfalls are are really opportunities uh, for us to just you know either stand still or to, to keep going, uh, 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 because there's there's a, there's always a chance, uh, you know, when it's not going the way you think it should, there's always a chance for uh, disappointment and discouragement to rise up and make you walk away from it. Even when when I was uh, uh, working on getting Do You Want to Be Made Whole, when I was working on getting that finished, uh, there were a couple of times where I almost uh, gave up. Uh, when I thought it was it was ready to be released or ready to be published, I would come up against something that would, you know, slow me down. But uh, the children of Israel, when they went through the wilderness, uh, the Bible says God took them the long way instead of the short way because if they had gone the short way, uh, then they would have quit. And so a lot of times the long way, is really just a God opportunity for us to mature and endure, mature and endure. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and, you know what? And that's the part I think a lot of our uh, young people don't really understand. They want to jump in things, and and when it's not working the way that they want it to work, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work. It's just that (laughs) it's not ready for it to work, and you just have to stay with it. And they give up so very easily. I mean, what was that thing that that kept you and made you hold on to your dreams and, and to, to pursue it? And also, you said almost you almost gave up. What was it that pushed you on through?
2: Yeah, well, God that, that sent a person into my life, uh, uh, a sister, you know, a mentor, and and she would she would encourage me. She, she would really, you know, tell me to. Stay focused, and don't give up, you're almost there. You know, and so he really uh he, he really just sent that sent that person to me. Not you know, she she not only taught me but she she also was an encouragement. Uh he would he would speak to me through my wife, you know. My wife when she she sensed I was ready to give up, you know, she would challenge me, tell me you can do this, you you know, you you're better than quitting. And so I, you know, when when you reach those kind of moments, and God sends someone on assignment to encourage you and minister to you, that's that's when you really know that you're almost, you know, you're really on the right path, and you almost you're almost at the end. Yes,
0: Absolutely, you know, I always say that whenever you have people come up against you, that's when you know you're on the right track.
2: Yes, sir. That's right. You know. I agree with that wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, I agree. I want with to that. talk a little bit about the book. You know, without giving out too information, too much information yes, on the book. You know, give us sort of a synopsis of the book.
2: Okay, the book, uh, the book is about on the on the front cover of the book is a is an older gentleman. He's the main character in the book. His name is James Maxwell. He's a pastor. Uh at this point in the story, uh he's got he's got more than forty years uh as a as a pastor. maybe uh actually close to fifty years as a pastor. He has a just a a, a heart uh for disciple discipling men and he's actually uh uh, as part of his church, he has a community ministry and outreach toward men. And so Pastor James Maxwell, he's got a heart for men. Well, at the beginning of the story, uh, he starts to deal with three men who grew up in his church. Two two of the men had moved away. One was living in Dallas. The other was living in D.C. But, uh, but, but the third man... Uh, Remained in Cleveland, where the story is set in Cleveland, Ohio, my hometown and so at the beginning of the story, each of these three men are are dealing with they're dealing with issues uh the one character theo uh he, he and his wife have separated, and Theo is wrestling between reconciling with his wife or divorcing his wife, and so he's he's broken over that he's left He's left his family. He's got a, he's got two children, and he and his wife has been together I think for you know maybe 16 years in the story. Uh, and then the second man is Michael. Uh, he's dealing with depression. He uh, he lost his wife, who was carrying twins in a in a horrific uh, car accident, and he he never really recovered from that. He tried to cover it up, as most men do. He kept pushing himself, kept going, and he never really dealt with his grief. And so it developed into depression. So he's dealing with depression. And then the, the third character, uh the third person that Pastor Maxwell is dealing with, his name is uh uh Adam. Adam. And Adam has a sex addiction. And so these three men who have grown up together, they've been like brothers. They all come together. Uh, they all move into the same house, and Pastor Maxwell, he deals with each one of them. And the question, which is the title of the story, is do you want to be made whole? Each each one of the men has to deal with that question. Do they want to stay broken? Do they want to be whole? Uh, do they want to, uh, you know, continue to uh, just stay in the pitfall Stay in the valley, or do they want to move on? And so it's really a story about about uh, uh, a seasoned elder, a seasoned man of God, uh, mentoring these these uh, these young men or middle aged men because they they all are. Uh, ironically, they they all was born the same year. They grew up in this church, and so they're, they're sort of like brothers. And in the story, they all turn. Uh, they all turn 40 years years old and so uh Pastor Maxwell who is in his 70s uh he's 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 really pouring love and leadership on these men to bring them back to the place where God wants them to be uh let me also add let me also add that I'm I'm a lover of fiction but fiction has uh in my opinion fiction has particularly Christian fiction. Let me narrow that. Christian fiction has been dominated by women, and they've been basically about, you know, women's stories or, or women's point of view. They're written from a woman's point of view. Uh, I wanted to write a story, and I, I know this was a risk. Uh, I wanted to write a story about men, a story that shows a man's emotional side, that shows what a man goes through. And I really, although I wrote it for both men and women, you know, I wanted to challenge men. You know, here's a book for us. Here's a here's a fictional account for us.
1: Hmm. And you know what? It, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I it's so many men that are broken that want to be made whole. It's so many men that were molested as little boys, and yes. they're struggling with that. There's so many men that were abused and left on the side, and no one wanted them. And we see it in the jails and prisons. Brian and I, we go different places, and we see this. And guess what? These men, they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to share their feelings. When they start out trying to share their feelings, they feel like they're being weak, and they will shut it down, and you will not get anything out of them. I applaud you for doing what you're doing And reaching out to these brothers Because you're absolutely right Women are running The uh, fiction world and and They're running it They're running rampant in it We've interviewed so many of them And uh, that's why we're so happy to have you on tonight And if you would There's a lot of brothers listening That will be listening to the show um, In the archives I, I, I think my brother he he need to hear something from you at this right. point. He's down and out, he don't know how to reach out. He, he's having problems in his marriage because of something that he dealt with that well, that wasn't even his fault as a child. Um right. and and I talk with these men all the time and if you if there's something that you can say to them right now, they're listening.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I just I want to say to you, brother, is, is you know, even though uh you know, I'm a pastor and and a and an author and all that i'm I'm first a man uh, I understand the, the the pain of a man I understand the makeup of a man uh early on in my marriage, one of the struggles that that I had was the ability to communicate my emotions to my wife uh again because i was I was raised you know in this culture that said a man's a man showing his heart. Uh, really is a sign of weakness, but uh, I understand the, the the pain of a man. But more importantly, God understands the pain of a man, and He truly is the answer. He truly is the answer. I I shudder to think what my life would have been like if uh, if I didn't have the church, if I hadn't been raised in the church, if I didn't have a spiritual father, uh, my pastor, the late. Elder T. M. Matthews who just loved me and raised me uh to be a man of God. And so the uh your your pain and your struggle, the, the listen, because you are a man, uh the devil hates you. Because you 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 are a married man, because you are a father, the devil hates you because you represent power, you represent uh presence, your 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 very presence uh, feel somebody's life. And so that's that's why you're under attack. That's why you're under stress. Uh that's why the enemy keeps telling you to quit, to give up. Uh sometimes he comes at us through the women we love. Sometimes he comes uh, at us through this society that we are trying to prosper in. But but God has but God has a system for you. You were created uh, according to Genesis one twenty eight. Your purpose, my brother your purpose is to be fruitful. You were created to be fruitful. You you need to start uh looking, praying for opportunities where you can be fruitful. You was created to multiply and to fill the earth and to subdue it. That word subdue is a is a, a warfare word. And you are a warrior. And so instead of letting life fight you and beat you down, you need to beat it down. You need to declare uh, your power and your position that 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 God has set in you, and if you, you if you're not walking with God right now, God is just the prayer way. You, if you just just open your heart to Him, even if there's no one in your life for you to open your heart to, you can open your heart to God. And if you talk to God, God will talk right back to you. Yes, sir.
0: Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Yes, sir. Man, you know I, I wanted to to get in a little bit more on the Christian fiction and you know the the entire genre you know Greg uh and uh I want to say that you know both are right on point with that you know when I look at Christian fiction the last person or the last thing I think about is a man writing fiction because we have women that are writing Christian fiction about men I like, don't you know, and it's very rare that you see a man writing Christian fiction about man, about men or women. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and it made me think I was, you know, I was uh looking online and just happened to be, you know, browsing through some sites and I saw something about um how many Christian authors, especially uh Christian fiction authors um have been complaining about where their books were located in the certain stores, and how there were many stores that would put their books in a certain area that, you know, most people wouldn't go and look in, like how African-American books would be put in the same area all all together. So when you go in a store, you'll see all African-American books, and you wouldn't realize that this is a Christian fiction because it's sitting right next to the love romance novel. Right. You know, and it made me think about do you have that issue when you uh, like or have you had that issue with your books and where they're located in certain stores?
2: No, uh I'm I'm having I'm I'm having a real struggle getting in stores uh and that's the that's one of the downsides of being a, a self self-published I have to do you know all my own placement. So mm-hmm. uh I was in a I was in a uh a, a Christian bookstore here in here in the town where I live, Danville, Virginia. Uh, Unfortunately, they wouldn't put my book on the shelf. They had the book in the store under the counter. And so I had an event to go to, and since they wasn't putting them out, I just went on and took them. (laughs) 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 They could do do better. I could sell them. And actually, I did sell them. I sold them at the event because the store wasn't trying to sell them, but I had done a book signing there. And I had sold a uh, you know, a pretty good number of books while I was there over two days. Uh now there's another bookstore in Jacksonville, Florida, where my books are, and uh I met the owner, her name is uh, Dorothy Hughes. I, I just I can't remember the name of the store, but I was in Jacksonville for a convention last August and she was one of the vendors and so she agreed to take some of my books. Unfortunately she's not sold any 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 there. So uh I really been I've been trying to to get them, you know, large chains and uh such that I've been turned down by Lifeway, uh uh family, uh Christian stores and so uh I, the bookstore issue is really, really, really not my really not my issue but I but I, I'm I'm one of them when I go in Walmart, uh it disturbs me to see Christian fiction next to erotica um you know cuz I'm 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 just I'm like man this is terrible and then to see uh they don't have as much Christian fiction uh in the store here, here where I live as they carry the other genres the street urban stuff the uh you know the the erotica which is which is nothing but you know pornography in my estimation and right. So it's not, it's not, not really a whole lot. And then uh, there's not even a lot of bookstores because we've, we've had here where I live, we had a major bookstore closed down. And so actually, if I want to go to a good bookstore, I have to drive 45 miles to the, to the next city where I live in to go and visit some bookstores.
1: Wow. You know what, uh, Mr. Bolton? If, if you had written some trash, if you had written something that tear terror- uh, our community down. If you had written something about sex, they wouldn't have a problem with your book being in the store. So. It, it, they wouldn't have a problem with it being in the store. But because your book is about healing and your book is about helping others, that's where the problem lies. Right. That's where it, it's not. A, it's not about you not having a good book. That's not the issue. It's always when you're trying to do the right thing It's just It's just one of those things And you just have to fight it And I love the fact that you're being transparent Because you said You had someone trying to help you But they haven't sold the book yet
2: mm-hmm.
1: Oh it's coming And it takes yeah. a lot of guts for someone to come on And, 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 and to say This is what I'm doing And it's not working It's not working right now but you're still going, and that's the key. That's right. And that's very, very important. And it's a big example for anyone out there that's listening, that's trying to do something, that's working. Mm-hmm. You're, you're listening right now to a living example that's going to turn into a miracle. You hear it. He's doing this.
2: Mm-hmm. This is
1: an example. Just follow him, and I guarantee you, you'll see how things worked out for him, and they'll work out for you. You just have to stay at it.
2: Absolutely. Oh, man. I believe, I receive yeah. all that, man. I'm, I'm yeah, ready to you've been working. <laughs> <laughs> That's because right. You're, I you're, need to you're give you an quoted. offering I mean, for that prophetic word, man.
1: Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, hard work never goes unnoticed.
2: That's right. You just
1: have to stay right. right. It's going to yeah. happen.
2: Yeah.
1: It's going to happen. You know, you didn't yeah. dream this up on your own. It was given to you. And you're just being right. obedient and doing it. And you continue to do it, even though you can't see how it's gonna happen. And again, and we know that's none of your spiritual business. You just keep plugging away at what you're doing and, and the
2: doors will just they'll just open. Right, right. Actually and and actually what I'm doing this year, um I mean last year I did a lot of traveling and I was, you know, carrying taking my books to events. Some of the events I, I, I sold, you know, a pretty good number, some I didn't uh, at least one of them cost me a lot of money to go, and, and I didn't sell any any books at all. But what I'm doing this year is I'm I'm just sort of just sitting back. Uh, I, I looked over everything that I did last year, and some of what I did last year I'm not going to repeat this year. But I'm looking for new strategies, and I really b- believe that God's going to give me. Uh, matter of fact, he's already given me the information. I just need to make it work. Where my books will be, uh, you know, where my sales are gonna gonna increase because you know, uh, uh, of course, my writing is a ministry. Uh, that uh, "Do You Want to Be My Halt" has been blessing people. I've been getting, you know, just positive feedback from those that read the story. But I have a business side as well because because I self-published the book. Uh, it, it cost me quite a bit to, to self-publish it. And so I'm I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to make sales. I'm trying to make a profit off of what I'm doing, which I believe that's that's the will of God as well. So sometimes you have to just, you know, step back, analyze what you've done, and then uh look to God to give you new strategies for, for where you for where you wanna go. And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing for this year.
1: Sure.
2: Absolutely. Sure. You I know, and best like best like Greg like said,
0: best. I, I think you're well on your way, and there are some things that you have no idea how they're going to happen, but they are going to happen, and when they do, you're going to say, wow, that ain't nothing but God. That's right. That's right.
2: That's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you right. know, I want to yeah.
0: get into um, one of the topics that you talked about in the book, and that, and it's something that, you know, that many people struggle with And it's not just a man thing You know And I, I mean I, I was studying this uh, Sort of following Some of the things That have been going on Because you know We have a lot of different topics We talk about on the show
2: But right. one
0: was That um, that, And I hadn't even talked to Greg About this But one of the things I wanted to uh, Talk about was Sex addiction You okay. know And we, we oh, talk yeah. about A lot oh, of different yeah. topics And you know And we deem ourselves A wholesome Healthy show But there are some topics that, that we feel, that, that I feel, and I believe that we need to start to to discuss. And they may not be, you know, the, those age-appropriate topics, but there are things that the body of Christ are struggling with and dealing with, that have to deal with. And, you That's know, right. one of those things is sex addiction. And, you know, I wanted to ask this question. You know, what made you focus on a man
2: who had a sexual addiction? Okay, well, unlike unlike the other three characters, basically uh, my characters are composites. You you know, I I didn't base one character on one person that I knew, but but like the pastor, he's a composite of pastors that I've known being, haven't been a pastor myself, and the son of a pastor, and then uh, Theo is a composite, and... uh, Michael is a composite. Uh, Michael is actually, you know, some of his stories, my story, so there's a little autobiography uh, right there. But Adam Adam is largely based upon uh, a brother that I knew who who had those struggles, who had those sexual struggles, and it actually it, it destroyed two marriages. It destroyed two of his marriages, Uh when he finally came to the point of recognizing that, you know, I need to get some help, uh he, he did go and get some help. He did seek some help from, from a Christian base, one one of the uh leading Christian uh ministries in our country. Uh um, but unfortunately uh he he would not uh he he would not assimilate what he had learned into his lifestyle and so he continued he continued that pattern. Uh sexual addiction among men is is a big is a is a big problem in the church. I, I know this personally. I know some friends that have struggled with it. I know some ministers that have struggled with it. I knew some, some brothers that I've counseled that have struggled with that. Sexual addiction is a big thing. Uh my my character um uh, actually, uh, his 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 behavior or his addiction uh, finally cost him uh, his position and it cost him his reputation. And so I I wanted to you know I wanted to deal with that. I, but I I didn't just want to deal with it from the standpoint of of uh, never being delivered. But uh, but because Adam actually was delivered uh, from that. But I, I think it's one of those elephants, it's one of those pink elephants that we know it's there, but we we look over it. Okay, and I I, re, I remember uh, hearing uh, Kirk Franklin talk about you know his own struggles with pornography, yeah. and he he shares how he went to a pastor. He went to a pastor for help, and the pastor just told him that that you know you'll grow out of that. You know that's that's just being being something that a boy do now. Uh, and I the reason why that sticks with me is because at the at the age of fourteen, when I was struggling with my own you know sexuality and and uh struggling with uh a lot of my friends were having sex, the reason why I didn't have sex is because my mother put the fear of God in me and i and she said if y'all yeah, she told me and my brother if y'all make some babies, I ain't gonna have no son, and I taking care of babies, and I knew my mother was serious. She would have killed us if before <laughs> any of us brought a child into the world. So it was that fear that kind of kept me out of it. But I was struggling with that, and I went to a I went to an older man in my church to talk to, and he basically told me that that was that was just some you know that I had to go through that, and it would give me experience for my wife. That's what he told me. He said, "If you you start having sex now, it'll make you experience for your wife." Fortunately, I didn't accept that. But uh, that that addiction is major, man, and it's and we're seeing the manifestations of it now because everything is, you know, everything is so out in the open now. You you can't cover up stuff because in the church we we major in covering up stuff. But now because of technology and the Internet, you can't cover this up. So now everything is out in the open, but it's not new. It's, it's not new. Right.
1: And you're so right. Um, when you're young, you have so many people telling you, uh, you need to do this, older gentlemen telling you you should do this and just be a man and try this and do this certain thing. And, you know, the sad thing about all of this, you know, when we were growing up, you had to worry about, getting somebody pregnant or getting a disease or whatever and and right. and that was pretty much it. Now right. you have to worry about kids you know dating people of the same sex. Right. Right. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that. And right. we see it in the churches, we see it everywhere. And you're absolutely yeah. right, they don't hide it. Right. Right. They do not hide right. it. Right. But go ahead, I know I know you want to comment on that. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, the the and and that's that's an that, you know that's that's always an astonishing thing to me, but 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 see the the, the Bible teaches that the uh, the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the children. The uh, uh, this homosexuality now that's so open and pervasive, I think, is actually the byproduct of you know just the sexual, uh, the, the, the the you know the extra Activities that we saw going on in the church from from years ago, so now the now our young people they they don't they don't want to just sleep with members of the opposite sex now they want to be with members of their own sex and they're open and they have no shame because they've been they've been given that permission from our world so so we see this 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 cycle of you know this continuing cycle. Of, uh, of of sex sexual practices that that that's really not that's really not godly. Yeah. Mm.
0: You know, I and I don't know why we sort of uh got into that part of it, but I I think it's important to to discuss why it's so prevalent now. And I, and I and I know that, you know, there're going to be a lot of people that Um, that may disagree, that may say, oh, no, it's this, or, oh, no, no, it's that. But do you believe that this is just another reason for, uh, well, let me rephrase it. Do you believe that this new sexual preference that that our young people, I mean, just remember, most of the time this is something that, you know, consenting adults, quote, unquote, engage in. But now you have... Uh, some as young as five and six years old. I mean, I was just watching, you know, where there's this lady who wrote a book, and it's called My Princess Son or something like that, where yes. her five-year-old likes to dress up in pink dresses, and she allows him to. And the father's like, well, I want him to be able to in- express himself. And it's right. this new thing of expression now where... You know instead of training our kids and teaching them in the way they should go that we allow them to
2: express
0: who they are even before they know who they are right nice. you know right, nice. and so you know i i if you may I want you to talk a little bit about well, I want to ask the question, do you think it's important to allow children to be so expressive? In an, in an age where they're also very, in, an, in a time, an age where they
2: absorb everything. Uh, no, but I, I think the I think the, the deeper problem with that is that is is children's morality is being shaped by society's morality. And because they are being exposed to so many different things through the internet and television and cable T V that that this is creating a twisted you know, is is creating a twisted mindset in young people. Okay? Now, uh I i you know, I'm I'm not I'm not into politics, I'm not political, I, I I'm not I'm I'm a registered independent. Uh a lot of time in my family I'm called an undercover Republican. But
1: I really <laughs> think that
2: part of part of part of the problem uh goes back about twenty uh well almost twenty years ago when when Bill Clinton came into the White House and he began to promote this don't ask, don't tell, uh which he thought was a compromise with the homosexual uh movement uh, from from that point on, there seems to be a new type of morality in our in our country regarding homosexuality Now I'm not saying that uh b- before then it wasn't acceptable in some circles, but homosexuality was still considered abnormal or unnormal okay uh, you have to remember that. Okay, we've got Clinton with the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," which was really a, an open door to the to society being more permissive of homosexual behavior. Okay, if you go back 10 years, you have uh, you have the first reports of AIDS, and and that was taunted as a homosexual disease, even though it wasn't. But in a matter of 10 years, the country sort of swung from from okay homosexuality is wrong to homosexuality is okay. Now uh now we have President Obama praise God for his election as the first African American but he has really been aggressive in 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 uh fomenting or furthering this homosexual agenda. Now we see it now we see this this permissiveness Toward homosexuality, we see it in our children. We see uh, girls wanting to be boys. Uh, we see uh, that that movie star who is, who, and I don't know if that's who you were talking about, but uh, the movie star who who has a daughter, but she's, but the 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 uh, news reports are that she's trying to turn her daughter into a into a into a boy, and now you've got you know, teenagers who are experimenting with lesbianism and homosexuality, okay? And so there's, there's really, there's been a release in our society through the political structure, and I believe that's, what, that's why we're here today. Uh, children should not, back to your question, should not be exposed to everything of society until they have first been given a sense of morality from their own parents. There were just some things me and my wife wouldn't allow our child. We would not allow him to play with certain toys. We wouldn't allow him to watch certain television shows. We sent him to Christian school for the first few years of of his schooling because we wanted him to have a Christian worldview and have a, have a, a Christian sense of morality, which was ours. So now he's in public. Now he's in high school. And we don't really worry about his values. not saying that my child is perfect, but but he's a Christian and he loves the Lord. And I, I believe that that's because we, we shaped him and we would not permit him to be exposed to certain things. If you permit children to be exposed to certain things, they'll embrace certain things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. You know, and, and, and that's part of why I asked the question, you know, because... Um, going back to that situation where the lady allowed her little boy to wear dresses, you know, and he would go and play with his friends and, you know, the little boys in the neighborhood, he's a, you know, he's a regular boy. He would run and he'd jump and he'd swing on the swings and play on the playground, but he just liked to dress up in dresses. And, you know, and she allowed it as if there was nothing wrong with it. And then now she's writing a book about it. You know, and my thing is, to me, it seemed as though she wasn't just allowing her son to, quote-unquote, express herself. It seems as though she began to then exploit him.
2: Right. You right. know,
0: and, and, and to be honest, you know, if that's what you want to do with your child, that's fine. You know, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to raise their kids. I raise mine a certain way, and, mm-hmm. you know, I try to make sure that they have all the the values that they need. And you know I, I do the best job that I can, you know. And I encourage others to do the same thing. Raise your child in the way that they that that the Lord that you believe the Lord sees fits. Now, if you don't believe in the Lord, then I can't, you know, comment right. on you know how you raise right. them. You do whatever you can do, and I pray that they do what they're supposed to, you know. But yes. at the same time, I think there's a there's there's there should be a limit to what is allowed societal wise. You know, when you look at movies, you know, I mean, and you would think that, you know, people would get this. You know, you look at music, and in in the music, there are labels on the music. Right. You know, you look at video games, there are labels on the video games. You Mm -hmm. look at the TV shows now, and there are labels on the TV shows. You know, there's labels for everything, but these labels are, you know, sort of being the the line is being blurred between what's acceptable and what's unacceptable, and these labels that they have now. I mean, you go and you you watch a Y7 uh, on a TV show, and then you watch a P uh, uh the I guess a PG13 movie, you mm-hmm. know. And to be honest, when you watch that Y7, you'll see suggestive stuff, and you'll say, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you yeah. see this acceptable for all ages and you say, Whoa, wait a minute. That's not that shouldn't be acceptable for all ages and you know right. and you'll see a PG thirteen movie where they have smoking and kissing and you know right. and all the stuff that you would you wouldn't really want a thirteen year old to see. Right. You know, and right. it's sort of like now that we have these rules, now that they're they're making the rules you know what we consider uh acceptable now they're they're skewing the lines yeah you know to where what what we as I'll say it like this what we as believer in Christ believers in Christ believe to be acceptable or an acceptable show to watch now we have mm-hmm. to go through and screen PG-13 right you know we and and, and most parents they just believe, oh, if it's PG-13, it should be okay. It's okay for teenagers, you know? Yeah. But really, what, I mean, when you think about it, what can you really trust a 13-year-old to be able to consume and comprehend at 13? Exactly. You know?
2: I mean, because exactly. even
0: now our 7-year-olds, you can go up to a 7-year-old and ask them stuff about their the TV shows they watch and... They are basically talking about everything that goes on at middle school because that's what they're being shown now. Right. You know, you can go, right. you can go and turn on certain channels and you know it's all boyfriend girlfriend hug up and broke my he broke my heart she broke my heart and then from what I remember when I was seven years old we watched Sesame Street.
2: Exactly. We were watching Road you Runner know, uh, and, Roadrunner and uh, you know the and Wile E. Coyote. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's man. like
0: now when you turn it on, it's like, whoa, hold on, you know, they're showing right. uh, characters that have questionable character. Yes. yes. You know.
2: Well, you know, the, the the thing is, darkness is increasing in the world, and and one one of the problems is the church is not being the light that that we need to be, and I I really believe that uh, this this is why we're seeing we're seeing so many ministries exposed and you you you're you know, a lot of ministries are falling out of favor and uh pastors don't have the, the the uh community influence that they once had because we we're not being the light for for Jesus Christ. We're we're not the light of the world. We're not projecting Jesus and the church uh has to be uh moral voice whether whether it's acceptable or not. But but now the church is more into the acquisition, the acquisition of wealth, uh, we we have we have become uh, more like social clubs. It's, it's it's more about the people who are in the house than people who are out the house. Uh, we're not agents of trans, that's that's transforming society, and and so uh, you know I always teach at my church that when you see society decline. You have to look at the role of the church. What What is the church doing uh, to stop the decline and to communicate God's values, whether it's accepted or not? Because because as the people of God, uh, it is our purpose to, to show the light to those in darkness. And so mm-hmm. most of what we've been talking about is, you know, darkness. The world is, the darkness is increasing uh even in the even in the you know uh the book industry uh when i often think about christian fiction uh you know that's light and then you've got all the kind of other fictions that's darkness well darkness is increasing but uh but the light uh, the light can shine in in the darkness absolutely yes, sir
1: yes, sir and and you know what? We uh we have somebody on the line right now, uh, that I think uh she wants to say something to you. Call her from the two oh six area code alive. Oh, thank you very much. Um, good evening, Pastor Bolton. This is Linda Bede.
2: Hello, Doctor Bede.
1: Happy are you New doing? Year. Well, great, how are you? Just I just got in. I'm sorry, I was just running, but just wanted to congratulate you on your work. Uh, okay. Now do you, want to you. Be made whole and your contribution to home again. Thank you right,
2: very much. Thank you. Thank you. I, thank
1: you. Hey, Mr. Bolton, I know that number. Whatever call, <laughs> I know that number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, she's a regular call
1: in. So I just, hey, we've had her on so many times over the years. And she's just a okay. most woman. that's doing a lot of kingdom work. And right. And, uh, I, I just love. I love. What you guys are doing You could be doing so many different things So many other things out there The wrong way, you're choosing to do it the right way And you're sticking together and coming together And make it all
2: happen So I I, I applaud you guys Thank you Me and and, uh, Sister Linda was together A few months ago in California For the release party for Home Again And I got Uh to spend The weekend with her and her husband, Bernard And uh, it was just a great time
1: Oh, she's got oh, a wonderful sir. man now that's got the same the, the same two first names. Am I correct? He's, he's oh, a wonderful yeah, man. man because of that.
2: And, oh, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's a great man, too. He he, he wears that name well. <laughs> 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 well
1: Dr. B, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. But, Mr. Bolton, at this time, we, we, we know that um, you want people to buy your book. Uh, we want you to tell them where they can go to get your book, um, how they can contact you in case they need you to come in and do any book signings or, or speaking engagements. How can they get in contact with you?
2: Uh, you can go to my website, uh, Bernard Bolton. That's B E R N uh, A R D B O U L T O N dot com. Of course, you got to do the www in front. And you can you can purchase. Uh, Do you want to be made whole at at my website as well as Home Again? I've got uh, both books available. I'm also uh, I'm also at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, so you can purchase it there. Uh, if you need to contact me, however, uh, you can get my information again on my website. Get my uh, information on my website, and uh, I will be glad. You know, to have you purchase the book, uh, I'll send you an autographed copy. And uh, of course, if you if you if you purchase it from my website, you'll get an autographed copy. If you purchase it from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, you you you'll just get a copy. So either yeah, either either medium that you want to use is fine. And to all of you in Jacksonville, uh, I wish I knew the name of Dorothy Hughes Bookstore. But it's uh it may be the only African American bookstore in Jacksonville. Uh, she has several copies. You can run to her, to her store, and purchase a copy there. righty. thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. All right.
0: Well, sir, we thank you again for joining us, and we thank all of our listeners for joining us. You've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us again tonight, and we ask that you join us next week as we'll have another wonderful, exciting, and informative show. Until then, good evening, God bless you, and see you next week.